Just be brave, okay? Yes, Mommy. Roman Roy is an exhibitionist, and not just when he's giving New York City a view from his office. He's an emotional exhibitionist, wanting people to see and acknowledge how screwed up he and his family are. His family. He used to lock me in a cage. What the f***? No, that's a, that's a true story. It's this predilection that leads to the Succession fan-favorite game in which Jerry tells Roman how sick he is, and Roman listens attentively. You are a revolting little worm, aren't you? But Roman's kinkiness doesn't just make him a memorable treat of a character, his particular perversities outline the Roy family's psychological pitfalls. His absent mother, Caroline, shaped his masochistic personality. Cold and inhospitable, seems to check out. His father, Logan's abusive parenting resulted in Roman's arrested development, stuck in his childhood trauma and never maturing. You stole my idea. <laughs> you stole my idea. What are you, six? And more broadly for the Roys, sex revolves around power plays. Go on, mistress. Business power plays use the language of sex, and love is associated with humiliation and pain. Initially written as a bratty, congenitally sadistic King Joffrey type. Can you hit a ball? Yeah. Great, because I will give you $1 million if you hit a home run. Over Succession's first season, Roman's character unfolds into the filthy-minded, sad clown of corporate America we love today. A court jester-type character, he's more aware of how the family looks to outsiders than the rest, becoming a running commentary on Roy family pathology. You know, Waystar? Waystar Royco? We do hate speech and roller coasters. We don't usually get insight into the jester character's feelings, but with Roman, we see where his pain comes from, what makes him compulsively crack jokes. And the season three finale gives us hope that he just might be able to escape his father's influence and find a way to become a separate, more whole human being. Here's our take on Roman Roy and how the way out of his trauma is going through it again and again and again. You need an intervention. Yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get notified about all our new videos. It's safe to say there's something wrong with Roman, although no one is sure what exactly. The fuck is wrong with you? I don't know. To be fair, there's something wrong with all the Roys. They're a family of pathologically narcissistic and deeply damaged individuals with personalities warped by cruelty and obscene wealth. But the surface-level explanation for Roman's particular weirdness are his mommy issues. Poor Roman, his dreams of porking mom slipping through his little lubed-up fingers. Mommy issues can be defined as an umbrella colloquialism for a number of ways an unhealthy relationship between mother and child can affect the child's personality and attachment style. In the case of Roman and his mother Caroline Collingwood, she was a cold and absent mom. You were just an absence. Caroline is a textbook narcissist, turning any criticism her kids have back on them and making herself the victim. I was 10, Mom. I was a f***ing kid. You were 13, and you knew how to twist the knife. Since the mother is usually the initial caregiver, this relationship lays the foundation for a child's ability to trust and bond with others, including later sexual partners. When a mother's unloving, withholding, or even derisive like Caroline... I should have had dogs children may believe the problem isn't with their mother, but them. That the reason the mother rejects them is that they are fundamentally unlovable, disgusting even. Roman, as the youngest boy in the family and recipient of emotional abuse from both his parents and his elder siblings, has grown up feeling love and mistreatment to be inseparable. Don't threaten me, Jerry. I don't have time to off. 
Adult Roman has grown into a classic exhibitionist. Can I suggest we all take our shirts off? Someone who wants people to pay attention to him and to be disgusted when they do, because he sees himself as repulsive and because that's what connection felt like in his childhood. Ken, make yeah. him put his shirt on. Roman constantly makes perverted jokes. We need to control the narrative. Control the narrative. You probably yell that when you Oh, control the narrative. Oh, control it. Control the narrative. Oh. Meanwhile, there's a disconnect between Roman's sex talk and his ability to connect with romantic partners. We learn early on that Roman doesn't have much sex. You love showing your pee pee to everyone, but someday you know you're actually gonna have to f something. When Roman tries to sleep with his girlfriend Tabitha, he suggests she play dead because he needs the sex to be taboo or wrong in some way. Do you think there's a way that we can, like, make it kind of like wrong? And while Tabitha is uncomfortable with Roman's desires, he eventually finds acceptance of his attachment style in Waystar Royco's legal counsel slash fixer, Jerry. Succession is full of Oedipal references, and a lot of the jokes are about Roman wanting to sleep with his mom. How romantic would it be? Imagine that, if you could marry mommy on her wedding day. The show links this to Roman's attraction to older women, like his father's wife, Marsha. Did I say that I was going to f*** Marsha? No. Although I definitely would she's hot. And especially to Jerry, who feels like the closest thing the Roys have to a semi-maternal figure. Jerry's and Roman's building attraction culminates in special conference call scenes where Roman enjoys being humiliated by Jerry. You have a problem, Roman. A revolting problem in your head. This is why you'll never be anything but a disgrace. So what exactly makes this union sort of work? Fans and critics agree the Jerry Roman liaison is genuinely hot. So apart from the glaring dearth of older woman-younger man pairings on TV, what makes Jerry and Roman so compelling? The first factor is the natural chemistry between the actors playing the duo, Kieran Culkin and Jay Smith Cameron. And look at this behind me. Look at it. I can smell you. <laughs> you think you could sneak up on me with that perfume? The Jerry Roman flirtation originated from the two actors goofing off on set. Kieran Culkin explained how their chemistry ended up written into the script. I said something really like gross sexual to Jerry and she like rolled her eyes. He saw that in the end and he was like, oh, these guys, okay, there's a thing here. The second factor that makes their relationship interesting is the age gap. The older woman-younger man relationship is a rarity on screen and in life, while the reverse is omnipresent. Logan, Roman's father, is so disgusted by Roman's sexual attraction to Jerry that when he discovers it, this is the moment that essentially changes his mind about his plan to anoint Roman as his heir. She's a million years old. It's f***ing disgusting. Of course, Logan himself is engaged in an affair with a far larger age gap. <laughs> Clearly f***ing. Don Carey, please. Showing memes to a young menial? Tale as old as time. But to Logan, dating a younger woman reinforces the status and power of dominant man, while dating a woman much older indicates the opposite, a desire to be dominated and a weakness or a perversity. So what is it, son? Are you scared of f***ing? Logan's views aren't that far off from our general culture's attitudes. When we do see older woman-younger man couplings on screen, they tend to follow the cougar trope. So where's your little date tonight? Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> and the hypersexual cougar is treated as a one-dimensional fantasy or a punchline. Roman and Jerry's dalliance is humorous, but not at the expense of her age or his desperation. The key to the attraction for Roman is Jerry's personal qualities that are partly acquired through years of experience. I've always thought of you, and I, I mean this in the best possible way, as a stone-cold killer bitch. Who says you don't know how to flirt? 
Jerry has the assertiveness and the motherliness Roman yearns for. Plus, she understands and knows how to satisfy Roman's needs. The Jerry-Roman relationship is satisfying to watch because it becomes therapeutic. Having his taboo desires met in a safe space seems to make Roman more confident and more ready to take on responsibility maturely at work, too. Finally, factor three in their relationship, the power dynamic. You're acting like an overexcited little boy. You know, technically, I'm your f***ing boss. It's rare to see convincing, nuanced sexual power exchanges on screen, and Succession dramatizes just how messy this one is. Roman is aggressively pursuing a woman whose career depends on his family's employment, and in the process, he's crossing all kinds of boundaries, like trying to send her d pics during a meeting. On the other hand, Jerry is confident and experienced. She knows how to keep him in line. The thing is, I'm dating, I am dating, mm -hmm. and that needs to be understood. Uh, okay, yeah, I get it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, he wants her to humiliate him. So as inappropriate as it all gets, and what doesn't on Succession, there is a general feeling of equality in their relationship. But lest any of us started to get too warm and fuzzy about this romance, the season 3 finale destroys all the personal growth we've been seeing happen via their dynamic. In the moment of Roman's greatest need, in the same scene where he's just been screwed over by his father and his biological mother, he turns to his other maternal presence, Jerry, for help, and she reveals that her first priority is professional self-preservation. You can help us, right? You can help us stop him. But it doesn't serve my interests. How does it serve my interests? On one level, the line clarifies that all along Jerry was trying to keep their relationship professional and mutually advantageous and to instruct Roman as much as she could in business. Yet the result is, once again, Roman has misguidedly sought solace and understanding in a mother figure who turned out to be cold, selfish, and destined to reject him. There's a saying that everything in human life is really about sex, except sex. Sex is about power. In succession, business negotiations are described in sexual terms. Are you guys trying to f me here? Is she gonna f us? I hear you bent for him, and he f***ed you. This creates a strange effect where the trash talk ends up sounding like dirty talk, and Leroy's constant business talk means they're often describing being sexually dominated by family members. We just walked in on mom and dad f***ing us. While it seems that sexual abuse hasn't literally taken place in this family, emotional abuse has been the norm, and that's what all this language points to. Fundamentally, a denial of personhood, an assault on personal boundaries. He's like a sex robot for dad to f He's like an old beaten dog. The sexual trash talk also communicates the pure obscenity of wealth. There is something dirty about being as rich as the Roys are. There's a reason we call it being filthy rich, and the Roys' perverse, cruel, animalistic language reminds us just how distorted their moneyed world is. She can't hack the hate. Well, she can f off and enjoy her lily-white, chicken-flesh conscience working for a phone company. Actual sex in succession, meanwhile, is rarely about just sex or love, but more often an instrument of power. For Logan, love is synonymous with domination. Love. Fear. Whatever. And the kids learn their father's lesson. Offering love to someone is an invitation for them to hurt you. That's why we routinely see the siblings mistrust each other's declarations of love. I love you. Oh, you're such a bitch. We love you. What is this? What's the angle? Of the four siblings, Roman is the one most overtly seeking love. He cares about his parents and says so. So, uh, uh, yeah, love you, Dad. Uh-huh. Bye. Roman's out. But in the Roy family, wanting love equals being a masochist, inviting people to take advantage of you. Logan actually makes fun of Roman for showing love towards him. I have to dissect Ooh, I that. I love my daddy. He... <laughs> yeah. 
I never figured you for a No. Caroline succinctly describes Logan's approach to love. Well, oh, you could have had dogs. No, not with your father. He never saw anything he loved that he didn't want to kick it just to see if it would still come back. And Roman is that beaten but still loving animal. Logan literally hits him. Don't, don't f with hey, me! Hey. Connor says, You are one sick puppy. And Jerry reinforces the image. You little slime puppy. You are a sick animal. But still wanting love and wanting to put love first is what gives Roman the potential to be more than just his father's miserable pet. I guess I finally broke out of the cage. Can't keep a good dog down, right, Ken? I'm going to grow up and become a real little boy and learn the price of an egg and do phone sex with my girlfriend like a normo. For all the Roy's money, therapy, and rehabs, they're stuck in their family's past trauma and remain under their father's thumb. Their arrested development comes out in their childish behavior. Fuck you, man. The constant sense that they're kids pretending to play important grown-ups. Do you want to call your dad? Do I want to call my dad? The number of scenes that take place in childish settings, and the many references to children's books and games. What's he doing? Is he playing with his Legos? You're playing toy soldiers! Fundamentally, the Roys are still trapped in childhood because they're still fighting for that scarcest of resources, their father's love. Your friend doesn't like you, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, dad wants to fire you, woo-hoo, Succession's plot is built around, well, succession, the question of who will fill Logan's shoes at the company. But emotionally, the show is about a different kind of inheritance, the trauma and abuse the siblings get from their parents, who probably inherited it from their own parents and which the siblings will probably hand down. My guy says that if dad had had therapy, I wouldn't need so much. My guy's surprised I got through it at all. I'm not sure you did make it through at all. So by season three, it becomes clear that what matters isn't who becomes CEO, but rather who can evade being the successor to the Roy's parents' pathology. In the season, Roman is for a time kind of groomed to be CEO by his dad, and we start to see how Roman could potentially gloss over his performative weirdness and be accepted as the typical asshole CEO in his father's vein. He even puts himself so deeply into the role of uncaring rich asshole boss that he supports a neo-Nazi presidential candidate. Stopping a dirty little pixie and whispering swastika is in dad's ear. Then, as we saw, the lewd text meant for Jerry reignites his dad's fears that Roman is just too weird and impulsive. In the finale, Logan again seems to offer this lifeline to Roman to make himself in Logan's model. If you need to get straightened out, get straightened out. But a little later in the episode, a shift occurs. The siblings' strategy meeting in an empty lot during their mother's wedding turns into an emotional conversation. Leave me here with all the feelings. Thank you. And an actual display of affection and support for each other. Can I, can I be with you guys? Yes. Okay. When they head to confront Logan, they're a united front for once, and it's a great personal moment for Roman that he backs his siblings instead of caving to his dad, even though it ends up screwing him over in that situation. Can you take him out, Romulus? I don't trust him. It just might be better, you know, if we all hear. The fact that Roman is able to stand up to his father when supported emotionally by his siblings shows that his seeking love is his strength as a person, even though it's a weakness in this world. So this is the best evidence yet that Roman could actually grow. What have you got in your hand? What have I got? I don't know. Love? The great irony of many stories about the rich is that people who have everything in the world still lack something as elementary as love. It's when the Roys engage with common human experiences like sex and love and family that we see how tragic they really are. Just uh, want to let you know mummy still doesn't love you. Bye, Ken, bye. 
And it's through Roman, who wears his heart and his pathologies on his sleeve, that we can understand and empathize with their twistedness. Roman's relationship with Jerry is its own kind of fantasy, and while the reality slam at the end of season three is a reenactment of his dysfunctional mothering, it was after he asked for help and stood up to his dad. I do think that we puke could make a pretty good team. So if he can continue to seek out love in whatever form that takes for him, Roman just maybe still has a chance of escaping his childhood. Maybe a couple of years under the wing of an older uh, hen could see me crack out of the old egg. This video was written by friend of the take, Anya Formozova. If you liked the ideas here, you can check out her channel, Q22, for more interesting cultural insights. Click the link in the description below.